Hello, welcome to the Family Bookshelf. My name is Amber from AmbitionsForChrist.com, and with me is my husband, Nick, the game schooling dad. Today, I'm going to do three books that are kind of a little different. They're reference books. These are not books you're going to cozy up to the fire with and read cover to cover, but they're awesome books to have on hand to flip through and find some information when you need them, or some really good stories in some cases. So I'm going to start off by recommending the first one. It's called Dare to Share, A Field Guide to Sharing Your Faith by Greg Steer. I like this one. It's a simple little book that almost does look like you could read it cover to cover, I guess. But I, it's meant more as a reference guide. It um, does a simple, I guess, overview of different religions that your kids and you are going to come across. But it does it from a very personable point of view and gives you just a bare bones basic like here is what the basic tenets of the Muslim faith or Jehovah's Witness faith or the Mormon faith. It goes through, I remember one was Wiccan and different things like that. It kind of goes through and just gives you that bare bones so you understand the basics. You, tells you, you know, what the religion believes right. and then why it's wrong and then how you can respond to these people who believe in these things, right. right? It gives you, especially, I like what they does is it really gives you those good conversation starters, even something to start like, um, one of the things they even say is like, what do we agree on? You know, there is, you know, the Mormons, you can have a conversation and there are certain spots in the Mormon faith that Christians can say, okay, now I understand that, you know, these are areas we agree on. Now let's, then we can move on to what we don't agree on and stuff. And it kind of helps draw into these conversations and helps you to bring out what you do and don't agree on and show those differences, which is something that, you know, at the end of the day, we are going to show them, you know, Christianity is different from any other religion out there. And that's why we believe what we believe. And I like the fact that it starts in that way and then moves to what's different. And if I remember right, when I looked at this one, I liked it um, because I work in the public. And so someone would come to me with a, a new belief system or something that I'm not familiar with. Yeah. And, I mean, I would become very shocked and very, you know, shy and tongue twisted. I don't know what to say to you all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not familiar with Wiccan and what they believe. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know how to even engage you. Um, and, of course, while I, I wouldn't probably win that conversation that day, I can come look at this book and be prepared for the next conversation. Right. And I think what I liked about this one and what I would even recommend this book for is, like, if you have younger, you know, if you have kids that are, you know, eight and up especially, you know, maybe take a time. Use this as a reference book if you're homeschooling or if even if you're not homeschooling, you know, if you're, after your kids get home at school at the end of the day. And maybe once a week, pick one and look at it and talk about it and get those conversations going. This is a great way to introduce these ideas and philosophies to your kids in a safe and healthy way so that they aren't just blindsided by them someday and just go, someone believes this, you See, know. And I, and I would have liked it back in high school or in college mm -hmm. when everyone is, you know, um, quote unquote, discovering themselves <laughs> right. and trying all these different things. I remember there was a boy in high school who became a... I don't know, a big star or the popular guy for like a month because he was declared Buddhist. Mm. And so everyone's like, oh, he's a Buddhist and blah, blah, blah. It's like, <laughs> who cares? But <laughs> What's that mean? No one, none of the supposed Christians in my school were ever willing or able to right. step up and say anything to this right. kid. Well, know? and that's scary because, yeah, especially in America, we don't 
run across Buddhist every day. You know, that's yeah. not one of those top ones that, you know, they don't come knocking at our door. We've had Mormons knock at our door. Yeah. You know, you don't run across the Buddhist in everyday conversation. But, you know, in that high school and in college, people do these things. They try to set themselves mm-hmm. apart to get their 15 minutes. All of a sudden, the girls yeah. were looking at him. All of a sudden, he was popular. All oh, of a sudden, yeah. they could set themselves apart, especially in a world now where everyone is wanting and desiring to set themselves apart. That's all they want. And the easiest way to do that is to just claim a non-Christian religion. Right. So this is just one of those great reference guides for, I think, adults and kids alike. What I like about it is it's something that it's it's done well and and it's done, I guess, safely enough. It doesn't go (laughs) too deep or too crazy into some of the, you know, really scary stuff. Um, It gives you that basic first step layer. So whole families can do this together. They can look at this together and have those good conversations. And that's why I like it. And I think it's vital that we learn about other religions. It is. Uh, Not necessarily to follow them or to believe in them, but to know why they're wrong. Mm -hmm. If Muslim or Buddhism had a legitimate claim at at truth, then we should be able to believe that and we should follow that right. and when you learn about these religions and when you start seeing these religions you start to see they do not have a claim on truth exactly so it, it becomes a big deal and i've actually had many conversations now where i've had to explain to um, mormons more about their religion than they knew because they didn't uh, they didn't know that mormonism was a polytheistic religion yeah you know, they didn't know that you know they separated <laughs> men from their families they didn't know these things like well maybe you need to look more into your religion why am i explaining what you believe right they yeah. don't know and so you they're shocked to... <laughs> by their own belief system if you explain it sometimes yeah. yeah i mean a lot of them again i'm gonna harp on mormonism mormons have come to us at our door and said well, we're christians too no you are not you are a polytheistic <laughs> cult you know yeah. if you don't know that if you don't understand that then clearly you don't understand mormonism yeah that's i mean you can go <laughs> i mean i the man i of course i remember seeing the most of and i really enjoyed was kevin bywater mm. so if you're interested in that i highly recommend looking up kevin bywater yeah he's got a great story of walking mormon, away from yeah. the mormon faith and, he and away. yeah so there's some great resources out there all right so that was the first one i wanted to recommend it's a great start but especially after this one, I love this one, but it is a simple one. That's Dare uh, to Share. Yeah, Dare to Share by Greg Steer. Um, and then the next one is a much bigger reference book. It's called Understanding the Times, and it's by David Noble and Jeff Myers. David Noble actually wrote this a long time ago, and it has <laughs> been um, redone. David and, Noble, I think, has been on the scene as a Christian apologist, theologist. I'm not sure. He was celebrating view. his 50th year at, at Summit I mean, I think, 10 years ago. I think, so, yeah, yeah. I think your dad has books from the 70s yeah. on him where he was writing about the homosexual revolution and Bef- pretty much predicted everything, everything that we happened. are now. Yeah. And David Noble has been on the scene forever, and it's quite surprising because there's a lot of people who probably never heard of him. Yeah. What's crazy is, I mean, a lot of Christians today know the term worldview. David Noble was pretty much the man that actually coined worldview and brought it into the christian church and help people understand that ideas have consequences <laughs> and, and, and a part of that a part of his work has been the summit ministries which i'm sure right. at some point we will do a whole episode about we'll talk about summit at some point amber has a special place in our heart for yeah summit. i definitely but do if you're not familiar with david noble and his work his whole body of work is definitely worth looking at oh too. yes and same with jeff myers i will even say that jeff myers is actually the one that took over summit when right. david noble retired and they are both just astounding men of faith that, and very intellectual men, too, which is something <laughs> that in the Christian realm is hard to find sometimes because you can usually get those that are charismatic and fun to be around 
or they're kind of dry and boring, but they're really sound theologically. And I can say safely that David Noble was both fun to be around. <laughs> he had a great sense of humor and same with Jeff Myers. They're just awesome men of the faith that you don't want to just fall asleep. But, but Doc <laughs> Noble, his big thing is worldview. You said he coined that term. Right. And so his whole focus is on kind of like that other book. It's going to take different ways that people view the world, different mm -hmm. ideologies that they believe into, and how it goes into different segments of the world. Right. And I will say, especially in understanding the times, um, I do believe there's actually a curriculum that they do for this through Summit Ministries, but I have just the Understanding the Times book, and that alone is a lot. Um, it goes through and it looks at, let me see, I got my tin right here. It goes through and understands the theology, philosophy, ethics, biology, psychology, sociology, law, politics, econ economics, and the history behind six of the most major religions in the world today. And let's be honest, if you break it down and you realize, I think what's so amazing is, especially as Christians, we think um, theology is where Christianity stops. It's in the box of theology and you can't, Christianity doesn't affect our law. Actually, it affects law greatly. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, and some people want to say it doesn't affect the well, it's the, something that new new Christianity tries to do is you take the Bible and you split it between mm -hmm. theology, history, and science, and you, you can't do that. Right. It's so mixed up. I mean, creation, of course, being the perfect example of it, it says everything it, it needs to about God, about history, and about science, and you can't split those three hairs. Exactly. And I love this this book in particular because this is one of those in-depth books. They He does not mince words. This is some small print, big, thick book. When I'm saying it's a big book, it's a pretty big book. <laughs> but if you are dealing with a college professor who is a Marxist and he's going to be throwing stuff at you 90 miles an hour and you're going to be overwhelmed as a Christian Certainly. thinking, oh my goodness, I don't know the answer to this. This is the book you're going to turn to because it's going to address those questions well. And so this that's one of the reasons I would recommend, especially if you are going if you're out in the public world at all anymore or if you have kids that are growing up and in high school and about to go to college get this book and work through it because one thing i think we forget is um and i think the other book talks about this the dare to share it a lot too these people who have other religious views these other worldviews they've thought about these a lot mm -hmm. these are ingrained in them deeply and they have thought about different ways and they've done yes what we would call mental gymnastics but for them it just seems natural and right. normal that this is how it works and right. you should do it this way and so you come at that and you think oh well clearly i know more than this person mm, that's a really you're, you're starting off on the wrong foot at this right. point in time especially when you start getting into like a college professor who will be throwing marxism <laughs> at you and will start trying to you know turn that christianity into a joke or into something that you couldn't possibly believe or there's no way there's substance there's no truth in that and quite frankly they've thought about this their entire lives their yeah. entire personality their entire life is probably built on this yeah well and they've had time to study this their whole lifetime and been paid to you you're you know at 18 you're just trying to figure out everything at yeah. this point and you've been thrown into their class and now you kind of have to pair it back with they're telling you to get a good grade right i mean the, the big problem with education <laughs> yeah oh yeah so okay yeah before we go down that rabbit hole um okay yeah, I highly recommend get a copy of Understanding the Times by David Noble and Jeff Myers. This is a great book that you definitely need in your 
library just to reference one. Definitely some good reference ones, especially, mm-hmm. again, I'm going to go back to college kids in a world where mm-hmm. 90% of kids walk away from their faith at 18, 19, yeah. right when they go to college. You know, these are the books that will hopefully you can pr- provide for them. And again, you've hopefully built a foundation. You don't <laughs> right. just hand them these books and say, you know, go have fun. Good luck. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. But you've built a little bit more foundation and they have something they can turn to and say, okay, wait a minute, my faith does have reasons. And wait mm-hmm. a minute, I do have truth and I do have honesty and there are people who will show me this. You yeah. Know? I'm not out here on my own Google searching, <laughs> you know, right. what the professor told me. Yes, exactly. Okay, I'm then I'm gonna in the because that those are some pretty heavy <laughs> we'll reference. We'll on books. a little lighter note. Yes, let's go to something a little less um serious than you know Marxism. <laughs> Woohoo! All right, I'm gonna mention this one. Nick actually got this for me. I love music and I love hymns especially, and we've been trying mm-hmm. to work with our kids teaching them the, the great hymns of the faith because there's some deep theology in I, these. I liked I, I do I, I like contemporary um, oh, Christian yeah. music as well, and it can be fun. But honestly, once I started learning more of these hymns and actually listening to the words, I can't get enough of them. I would take these over contemporary music any day of the week. Well, they're just there's so much richness to the words and the what they mean and what they point to. And I I find there's so much more weight. You Mm -hmm. know, a a song that's been around for 200 years (laughs) and can still, you know, it's been around for 200 years for a reason. It still tugs on your heart Mm -hmm. for a reason. A song that was written last week. Eh, it still has to prove itself a little bit. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, yes. Yeah, five of, years ago are now gone. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Some of these contemporary ones are written by people that later on they walk away from their faith even. So even you're harder. sitting there yeah. listening to it thinking, oh, that we person went and walked. saw Hawk Nelson in concert. Yes. That was so cool and so awesome. And then I think just last year, maybe two he years ago, apostatized. Apostatized. And it's like, well, what am I supposed to do with that now? I know. How do I take Diamonds, which I love that song, but how do I reconcile that with what he's become and what he's done now? Mm-hmm. And it's really difficult. These songs don't have that problem (laughs) right so okay so this is a it's called the complete book of hymns and it's the inspiring stories of over 600 hymns and they do include some praise songs some that are a little bit more modern um (laughs) by modern i mean like 70 to 80 years ago probably not like five years ago <laughs> yeah there's still what you'd call a hymn right? yeah. it's not yeah let's not be crazy <laughs> it's that. like bill and gloria gaither in some cases you know you know don't get too excited here it's still like the 60s <laughs> <laughs> but it's by william peterson and ardith peterson i believe is how you pronounce her name this book is great just because it goes through and you can find okay there's over 600 hymns there are I know about 400 of them, and there's about 200 more that I'm like, I've never even heard of this hymn, but it's amazing. And it tells, it gives just a few paragraphs about who wrote it and the story behind how it came to be. And there's some that are just pretty basic, like obvious of, you know, they, they sat down, they wrote a poem after this point in time, and this this is the song you know it as. And then there's some, such as like Amazing Grace, where... There's a huge yeah. history behind the hymn Amazing Grace, yeah. and they go into that, and especially, I mean, the one you love is Fanny Crosby. There, there are two that I would focus on, just two that I would tell you. Of course, I have obviously haven't read the entire book, um, but Fanny Crosby talks a lot, a lot in her songs about seeing the Lord and seeing God, and she'll see God, and it's like, okay, whatever. This, you know, A lot of people say this. This is dumb. Let's move on with our lives. You know, <laughs> these songs are boring. They're slow. Let's keep going. And then one day, you know, the um, praise... The praise and worship leader stepped to the front, and he just casually mentioned, yeah, Fanny Crosby was pretty much born blind. So when she talks about seeing the Lord, that'll be the first thing she ever gets to see. Mm -hmm. And it's like, 
oh, all of a sudden, all those words in that <laughs> in those songs mean something totally different. Right. She's never seen anything before, and when she right. finally does get to see the Lord, or when she finally got to see the Lord, right, it was in glory, and it's like, oh wow, her first sight was Jesus. <laughs> How cool is that? And that's yeah, beautiful. And the other one is, um, "Be Thou My Vision." Oh, okay. Right? Uh, no, no, no. No, it is well with my soul. It is well with my sorry. soul. Yeah, be well with my vision. That's Amber's favorite song. <laughs> uh, I was like, "Wow, you're gonna steal." <laughs> no, sorry. Uh, it is well with my soul. And if you don't know the story of Horatio Spafford, mm-hmm. I think I got the name right. He lost his business, you know, and then he to try to recant some of his stuff. He put his wife and da- wife and daughters on a boat to send them, I think, to New in- to, to England. To England for and yeah. And the ship sank, and he lost his family, and all within about a couple months of each other. Mm-hmm. And he lost everything, and he's sitting there de- despaired, and he wrote this poem it is well with my soul and you know and you go through that it's like oh my goodness you know this it's, guy had just lost everything and instead of writing about how horrible he has it or how horrible it is he writes no it is it is well with my soul and we just learned at the same time not just a month ago <laughs> the guy who wrote the music to the song also had a pretty amazing story yeah he actually was in a train wreck and he survived but his wife was trapped in the train and he lost his life going back to try to save his save wife her. So these songs have just amazing stories. Again, there's a reason that these songs have lasted 150, 200 years. Yeah. And they still can draw a tear to your eye. Right. Well, in these songs, I mean, these a lot of these hymns, um, I even think of like Silent Night. Yeah. They have the story of Silent Night in here. And so many of these songs and these hymns, there is a true story. And there's they come out of a dark period in some of these people's lives. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why they do speak so profoundly to us because we all go through these dark periods and i mean i remember it as well with my soul is probably the one about 10 years ago when we were going through you know all of the trials and the frustrations that were happening at that time that was probably the hymn i clung to the most just because i knew it was well with my soul and it was that song that reminded you of that so anyway i wanted to bring that one to forefront if you guys ever want to get into the beautiful stories behind the hymns that you sing check out this book, The Complete Book of Hymns by William Peterson and Ardeth Peterson. All right, I will stop talking now (laughs) and let you get going. But be sure to subscribe to the podcast, The Family Bookshelf, and find us on Facebook. Thanks so much for listening, everyone.